electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod, the daily podcast brought to you by the team behind Squawk Box. Stand by, Andrew, straight up there. CNBC's Essential Morning Show. Which camera? Oh, hello. Every day, get the best stories, debate, and analysis from the biggest names in business and politics. You guys hearing this? Yep. Today on Squawk Pod. Day two at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Joe Kernan sits down with President Donald Trump for a one-on-one interview. Their full conversation from the coronavirus to Elon Musk and the post-game analysis right here on the podcast. Plus, highlights from CNBC's interviews with the CEOs of Coca-Cola, BP, Uber, and J.P. Morgan Chase. I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. It's Wednesday, January 22nd, 2020. Another special edition of Squawk Pod begins right now with Joe Kernan and the President of the United States. Great to see you. Thank you Thank for you. joining us again in Davos. We've done this before. That's right. I think it was a couple of years ago. Before we get started, um, with, with we're going to talk about the economy and a lot of other right. things. A, uh, the CDC uh, has identified a case of coronavirus yeah. uh, in Washington State, the Wuhan strain of this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you remember SARS, that affected GDP, travel-related effects. Um, do you have you been briefed by the CDC? I have. Are the words about a pandemic at this point? No, we're not at all, and uh, we're we have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China, and we have it under control. It's uh, going to be just fine. Okay, uh, President Xi. Um, there's just some some talk in China that that maybe the transparency isn't everything that it's it's going to be. Do you trust that we're going to know everything we need to know from China? I do. I do. I have a great relationship with President Xi. We just signed probably the biggest deal ever made yes. in terms. It certainly has the potential to be the biggest deal ever made, and uh, it was a very interesting period of time. Yeah. Let's get but into we that. got it done, and uh, no, I do. I think uh, the relationship is very very good. Let's talk about Davos because you were here two years ago. Uh, even the New York Times, at this point, your favorite, acknowledges that the Davos elite are accepting that your policies are working and the U.S. economy is the envy of the world. In fact, the press coverage here is very favorable. You know what's going on back in, uh, back at home. It's all impeachment all the time. Did you watch any of it? Were you, I did. I did. I watched what did you make of it yesterday? I got, and I had a busy day yesterday, as you know. You were there. And we had the speech, and we had lots of meetings with different leaders, including Pakistan and others, other countries, in addition to businessmen all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did get to see some of it. It's a hoax. It's a total hoax. How it do you was think a perfect conversation. I think the team was really good. And uh, the facts are all on our side. Uh, the Republican Party has never been this unified. You saw that 195 to nothing, I guess right. twice. In fact, we got three Democrats voting for us. Uh, that was with the House. Do you I think, think there will be witnesses, Mr. President? Or do, I, do you have a- I really don't know. Uh, I think that uh, if everybody tells the truth, it's perfect. But all you have to do is read the transcript. Read, if you take a look at the transcript, and it's really two transcripts. It's, uh, you know, I had a first call, which was perfect, and I had a second call, which was perfect. 
You notice they don't mention the calls, though. They never mention the calls. They talk about everything but the calls. All they have to do is read the transcripts. I put it out all the time. The other thing is, speak to the president of Ukraine. He's been great, I have to tell you. And his foreign minister's been great. They constantly say there was no pressure. They don't even know what we're doing. They think it's crazy. So they got the money. Uh, In fact, they got it very early. Uh, President Obama gave them nothing. He gave them pillows and sheets and things like that. And I gave them tank busters. Now, uh, it's a it's a disgraceful hoax. Well, but we do it. We had a four hour show four hour show yesterday. Yeah. Didn't I don't even think the I word came up. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, well, what the CEOs well, no, you are asked me the question. No, I know I did. I know I, I did. I know my friend for too long. And I needed to ask it. And I needed to ask. That's why I did. But I really want to talk about what we're seeing over here. We came to Davos expecting to hear about this ESG, environmental, social, and governmental issues. We expected to hear about stakeholders versus shareholders. Right. We expected to hear about climate change. In four hours yesterday with, with the CEO of Bank of America and Schwartzman at Blackstone, all we talked about and all they wanted to talk about was the strength of the U.S. economy. It's the envy of the world. And I think if you have a strong economy, all these ancillary issues become easier to deal with. And I think even the Europeans, even the, the plutocrats of Davos, are now acknowledging that. Well, I appreciate that very much. We do. We have an incredible economy. The consumer has never been so rich. They, you know, they're between the tax cuts and the regulation cuts. People forget about regulation. I think it might have been more important than the tax cuts. But we have a, uh, a consumer in the United States that has never done so well. Uh, and I think we're really poised to have, trem- I think we have tremendous potential. You know, we're at a point where we've done so well. I think we're going to do much better. We have tremendous potential. So the market's up 50%, and we've talked about this before. November 9th is the right, date right. that you Thank need to you. do it, not, not the inauguration. I just want to ask you, because we're starting to see this bandied about that, uh, the, the, the re-expansion of the Fed's balance sheet somehow correlates with the move in the stock market. Yeah. Do you think there's anything to that, that, that the, they've primed the pump and some of the gains are, are not warranted by the underlying Well, economy? I think it's the opposite, actually. The Fed raised too fast interest. Uh, they brought up the rate too fast, and they didn't drop it fast enough. And that was very, you know, that was a lot of increases, and it was a lot of increase. And I think it's really the opposite of what you're saying. Now they've dropped it, but it was very late. And you look at other countries where they actually have negative interest rates, negative in a positive way. I mean, they're actually getting paid. They make a loan well, and they end up getting paid. That. You don't. Are you hoping that it comes to that in the United States that we get to negative rates? Because it, it, a lot of people don't think it's a great thing and it hasn't worked well in other places. Do you? Well, they don't know yet. It's so new. I want to know who are the people that buy. OK, who are the people that buy? And they invest in Germany and end up getting, you know, less money at the period of time. So I I have to find these people. But no, if Germany and we're the most prime in the world, we're the leader in the world. We have the dollar and the dollar is very strong. A lot of a lot of things are happening. But, you know, we're paying higher interest than other countries because of the Fed. If we were paying less, I would do it and I'd pay off a lot of debt. Right. I'd do a lot of things. Is Chairman Powell out of the doghouse? Is he, are rates where they should be? Are you satisfied with, with well, his Well, I don't recent? want to talk doghouse. I wish he didn't raise the rates. That was not what I thought would happen. Are we at a happen. good level now, do you feel? I think the rate should go down. Should go down further. No, because I think the dollar is very, very strong, and I think the rate should go down. Uh, we have a very strong dollar, and that sounds good, and it is good in many ways, but it's very bad in terms of manufacturing. I've created almost 700,000 manufacturing jobs. The 
past administration said manufacturing is dead, which I said, tell me about that. How do you you can't do that? And we have had a tremendous success, but it's harder with a strong dollar. And uh, I want this dollar to be strong. I want it to be so powerful. I want it to be great. But if you lower the interest rates, so many good things would happen. Right. And one of the things I do want to do is pay off debt. And we're poised for tremendous growth. It'll really kick in toward the end of this year. Okay. But we're poised well, for tremendous growth. Let me ask you about that. We, we came close to 3% last year. This year, lower. But we, we've had, obviously, the, the uh, China trade war, which has been... We had many things. We did. Do, you, do you attribute the, the, the GDP at 2% to uh, the Fed being... Uh, tight for too long? Do you acknowledge that maybe some of the tariffs or some of the the, uh, uncertainty engendered by the China trade war affected GDP? Well, it'll be higher than 2%. A lot of people are very thrilled with that. Me, I'm not, but we had a lot of bad things happen. Number one, the Fed was not good, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, And that was a big blip that should not have taken place. It should not have happened, but it's one of those things. But we have Boeing. We had the big strike with General Motors. We had things happen that are very unusual to happen, including some unbelievably powerful storms. You know, we were hit with storms. Now, with all of that, had we not done the big raise on interest, I think we would have been close to four. And I I could see 5,000 to 10,000 points more on the Dow. But that was a killer when they raised the rate. It was just a big mistake. And they admit to it. They admit to it. I was right. I don't want to be right. But I was right. There, there are some that say that the uncertainty for CEOs in dealing with China and making plans for the future may have hurt capital spending. Do you expect it to come back now that we've had a phase one uh, agreement? And, and let's talk about phase two if we get a chance. Okay. And, and I think the, the biggest thing about getting the deal with China, number one, it's a great deal for us. It's an important deal for China because they were, you know, their supply chains were breaking. It was, you know, it's been tough for them. The best thing that happened is we have two countries that like each other again because it was getting pretty nasty. And, you know, they have taken advantage of our country for 30 years, and we I was not going to let it happen. And uh, we've taken in billions and billions of dollars. The tariffs are still on, so I still have that negotiating chip. I have 25% tariffs on, and that's a great negotiating chip. And, yes, we're starting phase two very soon. But the relationship that we have now with China is probably better than it's ever been. The relationship I have with President Xi, president for life, okay? It's not bad. But the relationship I have with President Xi is, is, you know, I think extraordinary, considering he's for China, I'm for us. But uh, the deal is a phenomenal deal. We will take in $250 billion. They're going to be buying $250 billion, and it could go a lot higher than that. And and real... IP uh, progress made with, with the IP oh, theft yeah. and, and, oh, yeah. and enforcement and, and watching and, and the tariffs stay on. You, I know I was watching you and you were really surprised that so many of these other things, the intellectual property, so many of these other things were, I read the same were part of the deal. The, I, no, no. I heard this was just going to be uh, ag yeah. yeah. And, and this is and manufacturing. This is uh, technology. This mm-hmm. phase one is a massive deal. And in the end, it's probably $250 billion, but it could go much higher than that. And just that alone, not even talking about the USMCA, which now we just got passed. In fact, when I go back, I'll be signing it. It's all passed. And we had, I believe, 89 votes in the Senate, which is tremendous. Is the U.K. next with Boris Johnson? Yeah, Boris and I are friends, and he wants to make a deal, and that's okay with me. I think they want it. They need it. That could start soon? Oh, yeah, we're starting. We've already started negotiating. And... Frankly, we're starting with Europe, too. Europe is 
to be honest with you, Europe has been very, very tough to deal with. They've taken advantage of our country, the European Union, for many, many years. And I told them we can't do it anymore. I met with them yesterday. I wanted to wait till they finished China, to be honest with you. I always like to be very transparent. I wanted to wait till I finished China. I didn't want to go with China and Europe at the same time. Now China's done. And I met with the new head of the European Commission, who's terrific. Mm-hmm. And we had a great talk. But I said, look, if we don't get something, I'm going to have to take action. And the action will be a very high tariffs on their cars and other things that come into our country. Now, saying that, I don't want your audience to get nervous. They're going to make a deal because they have to. They have to. They have no choice. But we've had a tremendous deficit for many, many years, over $150 billion with Europe. And they are, frankly, Jean-Claude was a friend of mine, but he was impossible to deal with. And I think it's going to be a lot better for Boris now, too. You couldn't make a deal. It was very hard to make a deal. Now, I never played my cards because I didn't want to do that again while I was doing China. I wanted to do China first. I wanted to do Mexico and Canada first. But now they're all done. And now what we do is we are going to do Europe. And I had a very good conversation. And I would be very surprised if I had to implement the tariffs. We had... uh we had one of your guys, the NEC uh, director, uh, Lawrence Cudlow, on yesterday. We asked him about deficits, and we asked him, um, I mean, I, I, we acknowledge that you wanted to rebuild the defense industry, and you had to agree had to, to certain things with, with the Democrats. In the right. second term, will you look Big at... focus. Will you look at... And, and we, do you need to raise taxes, or do you need to cut spending? We're going to actually probably lower taxes, if you want to know the truth. You know, if you take a look at what we've done, we've cut taxes in half. And we've taken in more revenue substantially than we did when the taxes were high. Nobody can even believe it. But we take in more revenue with the big tax cut. I mean, you were paying really 41 percent that we brought it down to 21. And it's sort of lower so than that. That will be a priority. Oh, absolutely. And one of the reasons I'd like to see the interest rates lowered, frankly, is because I'd like to refinance the debt and pay off the debt. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have tremendous growth. Joe, when you have all of these trade deals that I've made, don't forget, I made a 40 billion dollar deal with Japan. I made a massive deal with South Korea. Nobody even knows what the number is, but, you know, it's a horrible deal. Now it's a great deal. And then you add Mexico, you add China, you add Canada, you add all of these other countries. And we have about 10 countries that we're dealing with. These deals were horrible. In many cases, we didn't even have a deal. They just came in here and took advantage of our country. So uh, we have massive potential, massive growth. And you'll see that toward the middle to the end of next right, year. I'm going to go through like 10 things. Yeah. If there is a second term, do you have a, a preference for an opponent? I came up with the three B's, Biden, Bernie and Bloomberg. All very different. Yeah, Minnie Mike is spending a lot of money. It's got no chance. Uh, but he's got a tremendous, uh, you know, he used to be a friend of mine until I ran for politics. And then uh, he went a little off. You should see some of the nice things he said about me before I ran, or like the nicest. But he had a deal with Hillary Clinton that he was going to be Secretary of State. It was very simple. People know that. And it wasn't going to happen. It was going to go to Terry McAuliffe. I mean, so they were playing with Michael. And uh, it's too bad. But he's spending a fortune. He's making a lot of broadcasters wealthy. And he's getting nowhere. His ratings are terrible. His, uh, you look at his numbers. Uh, I don't know if Joe's going to limp across the line. But you, I watch him. I watch him speaking. He can't put together a sentence. But it could be him. And it could be Crazy Bernie. I don't know who it's going to be. Whoever it is, I'm ready. I just want to ask you some rapid-fire questions, just, just to get your, your comments. So, so Boeing, uh, yesterday the news, and it hit the Dow yeah, yesterday, know, and the news is, is 
the summer, perhaps, before yeah. we see Very the disappointing company. Uh, this is one of the great companies of the world, let's say, as of a year ago, and then all of a sudden things happened. I am so disappointed about it. had a tremendous impact. You know, when you talk about growth, it's so big that some people say it's more than a half a point of GDP. So Boeing, uh, big, big disappointment to me. Big disappointment. Yeah. Apple, what do you think? Your friend, I, think I am. I like them a lot. Percent, yeah. I think so, we should do some encryption. I think we should uh, we should start finding some of the bad people out there that we can do with Apple. I think it's very important. Frankly, I've helped them a lot. Uh, I've given them waivers because I want them. It's a great company, but it made a big difference. And, you know, they compete against Samsung, mostly Samsung. I guess that would be their number one competitor. That's from South Korea. It's not fair because we have a trade deal with South Korea, so Samsung would get the no waiver, and they would they would have to pay uh, tariffs. So I did waivers, but I want them to help us a little bit. They, you know, Apple has to help us, and I'm very strong on it. Uh, they have the keys to so many criminals and criminal minds, and we can do things. When they had the problem with the uh, recently in Florida, I won't go into it because it's so horrible. Right. But they could have given us that information. It would have been very helpful. Well, we don't need a backdoor uh, way in getting into the wrong hands either. You, you, do you, no, no, do I you, understand. Do you, you know what? I understand both sides of the argument. And this one hurts relationship lords, with, with Tim. If you're dealing with drug lords, yeah. if you're dealing with terrorists, and if you're dealing with murderers, I don't care. We have to, get, okay. we have to find out what's going on. Can uh, Facebook, Zuckerberg, well, I met him and he told me that I'm number one in the world in Facebook. He sat down. He said, "Congratulations, you're number one." I wouldn't be able to say that. Should he stick to his guns with the political ends? He's getting a lot of fun. I'd rather have him just do whatever he's going to do. You know, he's done a he's done a hell of a job when you think of it, and uh, he's going to do what he has to do. I heard he was going to run for president. That wouldn't be too frightening, I don't think. But he does have that monster behind him. but he said, you're number one. And I said, that's very nice. It's always nice to be number one. Uh, you know who number two is? Tell Modi me. of India. Yeah. But he has 1.5 billion people. I have 350. So uh, Modi. And we're going there very soon. All right, last but not least. And just- by the way, our relationship with India no. and again with China and with Japan and with so many countries is better than it's ever been. Literally better than it's ever been. Tesla's now worth more than GM and Ford. Do you have comments on Elon Musk? Well, you have to give him credit. I spoke to him very recently, and he's also doing the rockets. He likes rockets, and uh, he does good at rockets, too, by the way. I never saw where the engines come down with no wings, no anything, and they're landing. I said, I've never seen that before. And I was worried about him because he's one of our great geniuses, and we have to protect our genius. You know, we have to protect Thomas Edison, and we have to protect all of these people that... uh, came up with originally the light bulb and uh, the wheel and all of these things. And he's one of our very smart people, and we want to we wanna cherish those people. That's very important, but he's done a very good job. Uh, shocking how well, you know, how it's come so fast. I mean, you go back a year, and they were talking about the end of the company, and now all of a sudden they're talking about these great things. He's going to be building a very big plant in the United States. He has to, because we help him, so he has to help us. Do I dare? One last question. Go ahead. Entitlements ever be on your plate? At some point, they will be. We have tremendous growth. We're going to have tremendous growth this next year. It'll be toward the end of the year. The growth is going to be incredible. 
And at the right time, we will take a look at that. You know, that's actually the easiest of all things, if you look, because it's such if a you're big willing percentage. to do some of the things that you said you wouldn't do in the past, though, in terms of Medicare. Well, we're going to look. We also have uh, assets that we never had. I mean, we never had growth like this. We never had a consumer that was taken in through d- different means over $10,000 a family. We never had the kind of... Uh, the kind of things that we have. Look, our country is the hottest in the world. We have the hottest economy in the world. Uh, we have the best unemployment numbers we've ever had. African-American, Asian-American, uh, Hispanics are doing so incredibly best they've ever done. Uh, black, best they've ever done. African-American, the numbers are incredible. The poverty numbers, the unemployment and the employment. This, there is a difference, actually. But the unemployment and employment numbers for African-Americans are the best we've ever had. You know, we just uh, came up with a chart, and it was a very important number to me. African-American youth has the highest by far unemployment, the best unemployment numbers that they've ever had, and the best employment numbers. Right now, we have almost 160 million people working in the United States, and we've never even been close to that, Joe. All right. Safe travels uh, on your way back. Thank you once again for for meeting with us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate Appreciate it. it. Great, Joe. Analysis of Joe's interview with President Trump, next. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod. Day two of the World Economic Forum in Davos brought with it a presidential interview. After Joe Kernan sat down with President Donald Trump, he took his usual seat, beside Becky Quick and Andrew Ross Sorkin to debrief. Doesn't sleep, this man, I, I don't think. I know that he was at dinner last night with some CEOs. I know he had lunch with CEOs uh, as well yesterday. And I, know, I and saw... had a breakfast this morning. And a breakfast this morning. Tim Cook and some others. I, but your interview was before the breakfast, right? Yes, yeah. but there were tweets throughout the night, too. Now, I'm not sure they're all... I don't know how that works. You the pre-programmed? The no, I, 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 he does have a, someone that helps him with social media. I'm right. sure I wish I did. I feel like uh, I know which tweets are his. Maybe you do. <laughs> Maybe you do. But uh, I think he does. And there was quite a few tweets last night, but I'm not sure he gets a lot of sleep a lot of times. You covered but. a lot of ground with him today in this interview. I, I think it's kind of remarkable. I was trying to keep track of the different topics as you were going through it. But uh, let's just focus on some of the business issues. I've got a lot done in seven minutes. Uh, I think it was a little longer than seven minutes. It's 22. Uh, <laughs> a little seven. longer than seven. Yeah. Um, look, the economy and so many things, we've heard about some of those issues from him. You talked to him about Chairman Powell. Is he out of the doghouse yet? Um, yeah. Because he keeps circling back to that issue as he did yesterday again in his speech. It's cute. He didn't like the word doghouse. It's yeah. like, that's like, that's, that's tame compared to He uses on some of these issues. Right. That, and I thought the really interesting point about CapEx spending, are we going to see a resurgence now that you've seen the, the phase one trade deal that's been signed by this too? And, and that's kind of what everybody is waiting to see at this point too. Did you hear that? I don't know if you saw that part, Andrew. He goes, yeah, I was listening to you and you thought that it was only going to be ag buys. I got yes. that from you. You told me that. And then I got in trouble for it because there was some IP in, in, in other the focus at the time was on the ag bus. That is true. I, and I, I, I don't said, think I, I was responsible I read for said, that. No, you weren't. I said, no, I don't, I don't listen to it. No. But, you don't uh, listen to me anyway. So. I did on Tuesday. 
Yes. Uh, and and it, not on camera, we talked about that article. He's, he, yeah. he's happy. Oh, he, here, here's the key, though, is what happens. Will they uh, stick to the plan with what they've said? The president told you that he, he'd be very surprised if, they ha- if he had to actually implement the tariffs. He does think the Chinese will uh, be, be true to their word and stick through with some of the promises they made in that phase one deal. I wanted to get deeper into that was pushing it. I was at 20 minutes then, but, but entitlements, because it said in the past you've ruled out means testing, you've ruled out doing anything to Medicare. And, and he goes, no, it, it would be easy to do some of those things. So, but that, that might be something you'd But when you it. asked him about cutting entitlements or cutting spending, he said, right. actually, we're going to lower taxes. That's what he plans to do if he has a second term. And, and when I said in a second term, I didn't mean in, we all know it's going to be a second term. I just, if you did have a second term, mm-hmm. I mean, I was watching that. I'm like, oh God. I, I can see it. I see the Twitter, the Twitterati coming in on me. You know, assuming it's a. But if he did, I, I'm not sure what you would do if you don't raise taxes, though, in terms of spending. I don't know where you cut spending mm-hmm. to the extent where you'd get it below a trillion dollars or whatever. A few hours after his interview with Joe, President Trump gave a press conference where he had some choice words for the World Trade Organization, the Director General of which was standing right behind the president during these next comments. The World Trade Organization, as you know, I've had a a dispute running with them for quite a while because uh, our country hasn't been treated fairly. China's uh, viewed as a developing nation. India's viewed as a developing nation. We're not viewed as a developing nation. As far as I'm concerned, we're a developing nation, too. But they got tremendous uh, advantages by the fact that they were considered developing and we weren't. As Joe mentioned, the president has been busy at this year's World Economic Forum, and the rest of the attendees have been receptive. More receptive than they were in 2018, the last time President Trump was in this Swiss ski town. Andrew wrote a piece for Dealbook, his column in the New York Times, about this warm reception. You'll hear the team reference that column in the next few minutes. For now, here's Becky kicking off a conversation with political scientist and Eurasia Group President Ian Bremmer to unpack President Trump's time in Davos so far. Ian, it's good to see you. Thanks for being here. Good to be back with you guys. Sure. The WTO comments are interesting. Now that he's got the phase one deal signed with China, turning his uh, focus uh, not only to Europe, but also to the WTO. What do, you, what do you think this means? Well, he's obviously not happy with Europe. He made that clear in the private dinner he had last night with, I think, 25, 30 European CEOs. They separated it from the American uh, CEO meeting this time, mm-hmm. going particularly after Macron and Merkel, and also the EU's not treating us fairly. We need to, like, be focusing more on trade. So, I mean, clearly of all the places where he feels like he still has more wood to chop, that is the orientation. But this was largely a victory lap for Trump. I mean, you know, I was with Jared yesterday. He showed me an email circling around the White House with like eight different sort of victory points that the White House is on target with now. Some, yeah, yeah. Some, of, some of it's economic. Some of it is Iran and uh, taking out the leadership of ISIS. Some of it are these trade deals, USMCA and the rest. And, you know, Trump exaggerates a lot when he comes out with the facts and people were circulating and fact checking him yesterday. But I mean, the reality is that Trump's message today resonates an awful lot more with many of the attendees at the WEF um, than, uh, than many of the alternatives do that are running against him uh, back in the States. Yeah, and Andrew, that was the point you made yesterday in your comment. In the, New York, in the New York Times. Just this concept, and I don't know if you agree or disagree, I, you know, when, when, when uh, President Trump was here two years ago, people called him the anti-Davos man. Yeah. But in many ways, he sort of turned the whole construct upside down across the world now, and that he's become in his own way the new Davos man, which is to say that the people here actually, uh, mostly maybe American CEOs, but 
they are very, very pleased with what he's actually done. And I think have been surprisingly pleased, right? Because from a style point, Twitter, everything else, they're not happy with that. But when they actually look at the results, they're happy. But let me, let me put it a slightly different way, right? Which is that this is the 50th year anniversary of Davos. And for 50 years, basically, the agenda of globalism and globalization has been moving forward without a lot of pushback. Suddenly, there's a lot of pushback, but it's not from Trump. The pushback is coming from two different groups of people. It's coming from Greta. It's coming from a lot of people that think that democracies are illegitimized and broken. And it's coming from the Chinese who are building alternatives with Belt and Road and different technologies and the rest. If you're Trump, you may not like his character, but absolutely his agenda is a hell of a lot closer to the other delegates here at Davos than the agendas of the other two groups we just talked about. So in that regard, I mean, are they going to want to like hang out with them or have their kids grow up to be with them? No. But are they going to be happier if he becomes president for a second term? than if they were to see Warren or Sanders. And actually, most of the delegates I've talked to have told me yes, yes, and they think he's going to win. And I've got to tell you, when he first became president, there was a lot more fear and suspicion. Right. That's really changed in this group. Very this different group. from political Twitter. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. You could view that cynically because they come over with, with a lot of high-minded ideas, but power and money is what it's all about for most of these people over here anyway, plutocrats, obviously. They fly their private right. jets over here to talk about income inequality and climate change. And, you know, so they see Trump. He was a rock star two years ago, mobbed, mobbed. But here, it's, it's a, it, right. this time, it's, it is different. More Davos content right after this. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Here are the other Squawk Box interviews that have this alpine town of Davos buzzing today. Uber CEO Dara Khosrowshahi on the value of the company's drivers. We have always had the philosophy that our drivers are incredibly important stakeholders in the business. We wouldn't be here without them. And we absolutely believe that drivers do deserve protections, minimum earnings, uh, health care, uh, discrimination right. protection, etc. The CEO of Coca-Cola, James Quincy, echoes the generally positive economic sentiment at this year's forum. The consumer seems to be robust around the world. Yes, ups and downs, but they're doing pretty well. And so we're confident uh, about what happened in 2019, and we see the the momentum uh, continuing into 2020. Bob Dudley, the CEO of energy giant BP, weighed in on ESG, carbon emissions, and our planet's future. This energy transition is moving really fast, and any energy company who doesn't pay attention and start moving really fast, many of us are, I think, 
um, will be uh, in danger of being completely off with society. The world needs less emissions but more energy. You've been a little more outspoken recently about your frustration with some of the climate change people, some of the ESG people, in terms of what the realities are and how long you think fossil fuels are going to be around here. Well, that, that is right. I mean, we'll have two billion more people on the planet. We'll need a third more energy by 2040. It's the equivalent of the United States and China. We must reduce carbon emissions. We must do it. Okay, so... And a point about if, it... If, if, if the guy who runs the company is saying you must reduce them. You think an oil executive can, can say we don't need to reduce... Do you genuinely believe that? Yes, I do. And Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. Honestly, I don't think people understand what socialism is. Socialism is when the government controls companies. Things need to be fixed. They do need to be fixed. Inner city schools, infrastructure, right. education, health care. We could fix all of those in a capitalist society. The rest of Diamond's comments on socialism, capitalism, the U.S. economy, and so much more are on tomorrow's podcast, along with some extra podcast-exclusive analysis from Joe, Becky, and Andrew. But for now, that's today's show. There's no video on that pod thing? No video? Audio. At Squawk, Squawk Pod is pretty good, too, I'm told. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin, weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, subscribe to Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.